Welcome to your midweek pick-me-up. This is Mind, Body, Purpose with April Judd and Michelle Stevenette. Each episode provides three tangible ways to improve your life. One to nourish your mind, one to connect to your body, and one to live in your purpose. This is where you find confidence to go so you can have confidence to be. We're so glad you're here. All right. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. This is Mind Body Purpose, and we are your hosts, April Judd and Michelle Stevenette. Hey, friends. Okay. Today is season two, episode 34, and we are going to be talking bodies. All sorts of vulnerability happening today because we'd like to remind you that <laughs> while we are the ones on the podcast, there's a reason why we come up with all of these things to talk about. Some of it is talking to our friends and uh, people on Instagram or listeners of the podcast. And a lot of it is that we are trying to help ourselves. <laughs> and we are researching these things and we're looking into it because we need help in these areas mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. This is I think really a, quite a hot topic, um, and it's not necessarily very openly discussed, I feel like, in everyday life very often. Um, I think that, but yet it's a really big uh, behind the scenes noise that might be going on in our heads uh, throughout our lives, throughout our interactions with one another. Um, at least it has been. I mean, maybe I'm just being very autobiographical here, but it's been a really big player in my life is my thoughts about my body and the way that it has influenced my life in, in many, many ways. So we're going to talk all about these things. Oh yeah. Our, your body is with you always. And it, I always kind of try to say like it's the most, the long last, most long lasting relationship you're going to have because you have it from the moment you enter this existence until the very end mm-hmm. and um it's it, it can be kind of controversial the way that we feel when we talk well and, and really we, conflicting yeah really conflicting I think a lot of times even just in messages of that you know maybe our our bodies are fallen or that they are unclean or that they're sinful or that we need to overcome them or you know there's there's different messages that maybe we've received to think that our bodies are not that our bodies are bad or that our bodies, that there's a reason for us to be at odds with our bodies or that we need to tame them in some way. And so, and, and that's just one aspect of the way we might think about our bodies. And then there's the mm-hmm. whole body image side of things and, and what we, what we see out in the world and what we are taught, not explicitly, but through all the images that are presented to us and what we think we should look like especially women at a very early age. Um, Speaking of early ages, Uh I have a question for you. At what point in time can you pinpoint a time that you became kind of aware of your body? That like, oh, this is is something I should worry about or be concerned about? Do you have a moment? Yes, I, I absolutely do. For me, it was in sixth grade. And just before sixth grade, I spent three years of my elementary life in Finland where bodies at the time, I don't know if things have evolved, but in those days, it was a very different thought, feeling, experience when it comes to bodies growing up in Finland than it was when I came back to America. And in sixth grade was when I came back, and I remember one of my friends telling me at school that 
the popular girls are the ones with the best bodies. And I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah, what does that constitute? I had no idea what it meant to have a good body. I was like, well, we all have good bodies. Like, I didn't get what she, I, I had no idea what she meant by that. But then I started, you know, you pick up on the social cues and different things. And I remember noticing one of my classmates looking at the nutrition label on her yogurt and like checking to see how many calories there were and things like this. And I started gaining some of these little society messages and little experiences where I started gathering and piecing things together and realizing that, oh, body image is a thing. And apparently it's an important thing if I want to fit in, if I, if I want to be popular, if I want to have attention, if I want to have cool friends, then apparently I need to be aware of what this is. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have the best body if you want to be the popular kid, is what she said. Exactly. And that's like something that as a kid, like you're kind of you're kind of looking for. Well, it's interesting that you said sixth grade because that's kind of the magic time for me is when I became aware of it. Um, my wonderful best friend had the cutest clothes and sixth grade was the time when I started getting all of her hand-me-downs because she had like grown and started to have like these beautiful like womanly teenage curves and I was stuck in the child's department <laughs> which is funny because I haven't really moved very far from it. <laughs> But I was stuck and I didn't have these curves and I was looking like everyone's little sister when they were all kind of like maturing and just becoming, having all sorts of, you know, like attention for different things. And they were all kind of moving on and I was, I was stuck. And so I started to realize that, oh, hey, this is, this is a thing. Our bodies are a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that's when we start, or for both of us at that age, we started thinking like, oh no. What if it's not, what if I don't have the right whatever? What if I'm not the right size or shape or, or the right look? And mm -hmm. you start feeling a bit ashamed and a little self-conscious and a little bit worried uh, that we're not going to fit in well or whatever. And, and it's um, from those ages on, I feel like it is, um, or for me at least, it was quite the battle internally with my body and so much fear and so much um, sort of loathing so much looking outside of me to what other people looked like and maybe wishing that I had a different look or shape or composition. And it really um, influenced, I think, a lot how I then showed up throughout those years of my life. Um, because when you're so concerned with yourself and your focus is there, it's really difficult if not impossible, to then to look outside of yourself in a loving way, which is more more peaceful, more um, compassionate, more um, lovely, more skillful, um, and you just get so insecure. Yeah, I love when you're talking about, you know, if I don't have the right look. And so I wanted to kind of just talk for a second about popular body styles and like body trends. And I'm sure you've seen the different things that point out body trends, but kind of in the time of my life that I've been aware of, I feel like the quote unquote popular body trend has been like in the 90s, you know, you kind of wanted to look like Kate Moss, you know, just like so thin that your clothes just kind of hang, hung off of you. Like this gaunt thing was what, you know, kind of like the, the trendy media portrayal of what you wanted to look like was. And then we enter the 2000s. And this is largely where I was a teenager and grew up. And so it was like, be tall, which I'm really not. 
be tall and then have be be so thin but then also have like this perfect curve especially if you're a woman like have this chest that makes you look like womanly but you also want to be very slender and very thin and then you move on into kind of the way things are now which is like you got to have like some junk in the trunk like you need to have a nice big booty and you need to have a tiny waist that accompanies that booty and then you need to make sure that like you're filled out on top but also you don't want to look like you're too skinny you need to have just the right amount of like muscle tone and here i am looking through all these like i'm just waiting around for the time when like five foot nothing is the body trend because if not like i missed the boat <laughs> like i'm out and so but looking at that that sets us up to not be good enough ever That's, ever it's failure it's failure from, from the, the very yeah. for nothing you can control right. for just a way that you exist in this world yeah the trend is that you will fail and it's crazy to think that so much of what we take in culturally and um, on a society-based level has to do with something that we have no control over, which is the way that your body is naturally designed. So hopefully today with the takeaways that we have to offer, um, we'll be able to shift the, the focus a little bit. So instead of being so aware of the society trends or the messages that are out there to shift a little bit more into the space of, of some uh, compassion and gratitude and understanding and, and all of the ways that our bodies actually serve us really well that we so often just take so much for granted. I was just thinking, uh, we were talking earlier about if any little part of your body, uh, whether it's one of your senses or whether it was like a fingernail or anything for you to lose the capacity or if it's an organ that stops functioning, anything that doesn't work feels like quite a loss in your body. Even if you just go in for, you know, something routine and you just need to have like a tooth filled or something like that. There's something powerful about like if something isn't working right or if there's pain somewhere, it kind of feels like a loss in in your body. And, and yet there's so many beautiful ways that our bodies are functioning on a day-to-day -day basis that we don't even really acknowledge or appreciate most of the time. And if, so we're hoping to shift some of our awareness now to find that compassion, the gratitude, the peace that's available to us in that relationship that April mentioned that like, this is the relationship that you're going to have most con constant throughout your, your mortality through like, your mortal life. You're born with it and you're also going to die with it. And like, that's it. And also, you know, as you were talking, Michelle, I was thinking that we're going to constantly be changing and moving. Our bodies from the very get-go are aging. They always tell you that, mm -hmm. which sounds like this terribly negative connotation, but I think like they're maturing, like we're getting, we're growing and we're experiencing and we're getting better. And from that point, our bodies are never going to, oh, this takes us into our first takeaway actually. So I'm just gonna tell you the takeaway and then I'm gonna keep talking. So the first <laughs> takeaway is for our mind and it's allow your relationship to evolve. Mm -hmm. So just like I was saying, our bodies themselves are changing. They're always changing. I am not the same. I was looking at pictures the other day of before my fourth child was born. And I was kind of looking at it like, oh, yeah, even between, even after, between having my third baby and having my fourth baby, yeah, my body's changed. Like, I don't look exactly the same and I don't carry myself the same and things shift and they move and there's extra skin and there's probably some rolls and things are sagging and it's all doing that. But if we are constantly trying to fight everything that is happening in our bodies, we are, will always be at odds and we will never be trying to cultivate that relationship because we are always trying to somehow fight what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and instead, 
if we can think about our body more as an ally, like this is what's carrying us around day to day. This is what is allowing us to function. It's what's allowing us to experience all of the parts of being a human, the, the joy that's available to us, as well as the sorrow and the grief, all of the things that we are here to actually experience, we experience them in our bodies. And our bodies are actually always doing the best they can, given whatever their circumstances are. So they really are here to serve us. I've heard, I remember hearing a former client say on many occasions that my body hates me. And she was saying it kind of lightly and sort of um, jokingly, but I just remember the re the repetitive nature of that comment. Um, she had some issues in her body, and I just remember thinking that, wow, just that little offhanded thought on repeat uh, really does put her against her body as opposed to trusting that her body actually is an ally and it's doing the best it can and to have if having some compassion for whatever your body's experiencing um, goes a really long way and instead of um, fighting against it like April mentioned like being able to acknowledge what it is doing and give it some grace for the parts that might be not functioning as well or the parts that have been injured or the parts that need extra attention can make all the difference in how we experience our, our lives and our bodies. Yeah. When we think of ourselves and having a relationship with our body, I think of the relationship that I have, have had with my stomach, with my tummy, with my belly area. Okay, so let's rewind <laughs> to pregnant April, who was so proud of my growing tummy. Like, I loved it. I mm -hmm. was so excited and so happy. I loved the way that it looked. I loved the people rubbing my belly, totally one of those people that was like, yeah, come feel this baby. Like, this is so cool. You know, all of that. I loved the attention and the compliments and all of the things that surrounded all of that. When the belly was looking and feeling the way that I wanted it to, it had all of my adoration and praise, right? And then you fast forward to after I've had babies and my, my belly is softer than I want it to be. Mm -hmm. And it's thicker than I want it to be. And my waistline isn't the, would look the way I want it to be. And I'm not as happy with it. <laughs> I don't love it as much. It doesn't bring me nearly as much joy. Is that how a relationship should be? Sorry. Because you don't look a certain way, does that mean that you are less important? Does that mean that relationship is not as important that I shouldn't praise it or be grateful for it? Is that how a relationship should work? Is that how like a really good, meaningful relationship should work? You don't meet my expectations. Therefore, this is not important to me. You are not important to me. And I would say to myself, like that's a resounding no. <laughs> that's yeah. not a good relationship. That's not a good way to treat anything. That's not a good way to treat your body, my body, our bodies. Yeah, I love, thank you for sharing that. That's a really um, poignant and I think very applicable for many of us when it comes to our bodies, that we love them when we think they're doing and looking the way they should, and then when they aren't, we turn our backs. Thank you for sharing that. So this leads us into our body takeaway, which is show up for your body every day, meaning know that it's your friend, know that it's your ally, know that it's got your best interest in mind, know that it's there to support you. 
And the better that we can be at showing up for our body and caring for it with some compassion and kindness, um, the better it's able to function and serve us and love us back. We had uh, someone on Instagram ask us a question and they said, how do you kind of balance the spot where you want to be uh, at peace with where you are right now while also being motivated to continue to change? Mm -hmm. and, he, and I'm not sure if this is what she meant, what meant when she asked this question. Maybe she meant it in general, but I think it directly applies to our bodies. Mm -hmm. And I would say that the, the motivation to continue to grow, to love, to deepen our understanding of who we really are comes from being grateful and at peace with who we are right now. I think that is definitely goes for our bodies. The more that we can appreciate our bodies the way that they are, we're, we're not saying that you should be uh, complacent. We're not saying that you should not want to continue to treat yourself well and to work on things that you want to work on and to grow and develop. But the way that you're going to be able to get that way is by accepting and being grateful with where you are at right now. Mm -hmm. And when we do show up for our body, it means that we are offering it the things that it needs. Like biologically, there are certain needs that our bodies have if we are going to, if they're going to operate well, if they're going to function the best they can, if they're going to avoid disease as much as possible, if we're going to have energy as much as, as possible, there are some basic biological needs that we need to offer to our bodies and make those things feel enjoyable and good and nourishing as opposed to have to's and should's and I hate this. <laughs> it's, it's really powerful to think that, gosh, I wonder how my body would function if it's nourished really well. Like I wonder how I would feel if it was getting all the things that it needed and being able to, from, a, from that lens, make the decisions to Support your body, give it the rest, the sleep, the sunshine, the, the foods, the movement, all of the things that our bodies really benefit from, from that place of knowing that it's going to function better and help us out and that we'll be able to live a more joyful, experienced life uh, when our physical needs have been met. Yeah, and kind of seeing that like, okay, I am trying to accept and love my body and I'm trying to be grateful for that. So because I love and accept my body and I'm grateful for it, I can see that I need to find a way to enable the success of my body and what it is trying to accomplish. And I see that, which makes me want to exercise or get enough sleep or hydrate. Having kind of what Michelle said, the curiosity of nourishing my body. And because of that, then I can try to enhance those things. I can try to make those things more important, more of a priority in my life because I see that it's for the overall success of the way my body operates. I heard someone the other day say that it, we don't have a healthcare crisis. What we have on our hands is a self-care crisis. And I thought, wow, that's actually, I think, quite true that if we each individually as human beings were to take care of our bodies in the ways that they biologically need and and actually actually care for ourselves um, it would solve a lot of our health issues that we have but instead we just assume our body should have energy that they should always 
be functioning the way we want to. And if they're not, then we fill up on over-the-counter things as Band-Aids or fill up on energy drinks or whatever, just so our bodies don't get in the way of the things that we're trying to accomplish. Oh yeah, how many times have I not given my body enough sleep or one of my children has not given my body enough sleep (laughs) is really where I'm gonna put that. But I haven't given my body enough sleep and then the next day I'm like, well, sorry body, I guess let's try to counteract this. Where's some caffeine? Sure. And what, you what, know, what can on occasion, I do? Yeah, occasion, no, for sure. For sure. But if that's your everyday go to, yeah, that... over time, that's not really a way that our body is ever going to thrive. Well, what I found personally for me, and that's why I give this example, is personally, I have found that. It, it just it has shown me that I'm not making my self-care, I'm not making the way that I operate or do things a priority. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's always come down to is that when Michelle's talking about self-care, it's making yourself a priority. I think a lot of times we think of self-care as like, you know, painting our nails or going to the spa or whatever these things. Sometimes it's just literally taking care of yourself, taking care of the things your body needs that are necessities for it. So a big part of showing up for your body every day is also just allowing your body to have a voice. Uh, We talked about this uh, earlier today in yoga class that came up in terms of listening and noticing if there's parts and pieces when you're physically moving that need attention or need a little love, but not just in our movement, but just in other aspects of our life. I think our bodies actually contain so much more wisdom than we often give them credit for. And if we can give our body a voice and listen a little bit more to, to what it might, the messages might be saying, it always serves us. I know when I listen to the messages of my body, it serves me every time, whether it's a message that I'm full, whether it's a message of that you need to cry. Sometimes when I feel like a strong emotion coming up, I'm like, oh no, oh no, I don't wanna feel this right now. Um, if I listen to my body and just go, okay, Michelle, it's okay for you to feel whatever just came up. Just allow yourself to feel it. It actually makes it much more easy to breathe and just soften and not have it overtake me actually it becomes easier to process and easier to just be with it as opposed to pushing it down 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 like no 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 you can't feel this right now it actually makes it worse (laughs) Um, and that's another form of allowing your body to have a voice there's lots of different ways that our bodies might try and uh, share information with us and instruct us and it it always knows yeah and being cognitive of our bodies having their own voice kind of just helps us mentally shift into that awareness to know that, oh, hey, yeah, am I steamrolling my my body's voice? Mm. Am I listening? Am I allowing? Am I, yeah. am I showing my body that their voice doesn't matter, even if they do have one? Or am I telling it by the way that I'm treating it and by how I'm showing up for it every day that mm. you have a voice, it matters, and I'm listening to that voice? Yeah, when it, a lot of times our bodies speak to us in the form of pain, <laughs> and hopefully uh, we'll listen. And that's what pain really is, is a signal to pay attention that there's something that needs your attention. And, and so much we just try to cover it up. We try to hide it. We try to mask it. And a lot of times it's out of just out of compassion of like, I just want to help my body feel better. Um, But it still is something that requires attention if it's asking for attention. Yeah. And so for the body, our takeaway is show up for your body every day. All right. On to our purpose. The purpose takeaway is focus on the union of body and spirit. Okay. If we are hyper-focused, focused intently and only on our body, That puts us in the position of being a slave to what society dictates our function of our body should be and the appearance of our body should be. 
And it's very, I think this is probably more common than not. We tend to either be overly focused on our body or we tend to just completely ignore our body. And there's not really anywhere in between because our bodies are either super loud and we're overly aware of everything that's going on in our bodies and all the things that are wrong with our bodies. And so therefore we end up jumping to this other end of the extreme spectrum of like, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to pretend that it doesn't matter. I'm gonna pretend that it's not there. I'm gonna pretend that other things are more oppressing or that other things should have my attention more, which in some cases, sure, rightly so. But either way, um, either we're a slave to the society dictations of what bodies are, or if we are ignoring our body completely, then that has its own version of, of harm that occurs. We end up overeating or undersleeping or doing all of the things that, that might um, actually cause harm to our physical bodies. And, and it stunts our potential and it prevents us from really growing. Another way to focus on the importance of the body and our spirit and uniting those things together is to ask ourselves, in what way am I using my body to glorify, which is you know, to worship my heavenly parents? How am I receiving this gift that I have been given and using it to its full potential? Am I really living in my body? Am I thinking about my body? Am I caring for my body? Am I experiencing all of the things, the goodness in life that this body has to offer? Am I being physical with my body? Am I experiencing you know, the different sexuality things with my body? Like, What am I doing with my body that is enhancing my relationship with my creators? I think there's been mistaken thinking often in the past, especially of believing that if that we need to get out of the body, that the, that is somehow superior. If we can have these out-of-body experiences, if we can get away from this fallen part of who we are, then then we can you know experience something better, or then it's you know uh, yeah, like rise above right. this body, this right. terrible mortal thing that you have. Rise above it. Get out of it. Right. That that's that that would be the goal. Um, but really, truly, there is more power in combining the spirit with the body and living in your body and being in, embodied in your body, having all of your awareness, your consciousness, your experience actually sinking into the physical part of you, having your energy space, your awareness all here and now within your body is actually where there's a lot more, a lot more power, a lot more beauty, a lot more capacity is when you are actually in your body and you've combined them too, you've embodied yourself. Yeah, I'm not sure about you, but the most um, clear, succinct, important uh, spiritual experiences that I have had in my life, I have been wonderfully connected to my body at those particular moments. And it may not be true for everyone at every you know, point in time, um, but I will say that is the case for me. And so I know that there is an important link to connecting my body and my spirit and making sure both of those things kind of have a partnership and connecting me to my heavenly parents. I think that that's a really powerful point, especially because when your spirit and your body feel united, when you are powerfully present, like we use that term a lot, I guess you hear about talking about being present, but that's really what it is. It's, it's allowing your spirit and your body to be unified, to be aware of one another, to be functioning in, in harmony and unison. And that is actually a state of being that is 
much more conducive to receiving your own intuition and revelation and insights is when those are powerfully connected. When we're outside of our body and maybe our mind is somewhere totally else, we're distracted, we're kind of spacey, that is not when we can be powerfully present and receive the things that are are were able to receive. And so I remember when that first was taught to me and I, I like kind of hit me like a thunderbolt, like, oh my gosh, yeah. When I am powerfully present in my body and I am here, I have united my spirit with my body and I'm experiencing right here, right now, that is when I have those moments. That is when I'm able to receive. That is when I have intuition. That is when I experience, I feel the fullness of what's available for me. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of when you can really tap into something that we like to refer to as kind of your inner knowing, Mm. Um, that position, which puts you in a place to... Uh, be internal enough and connected enough to tap into all of the in- intelligence and the wisdom wisdom that we have. It's, it's a place where we can go to kind of like recharge ourselves in order to look outside of ourselves to mm-hmm. help and to care for and to love and to be of service to other people. Yeah. Okay, we have a wonderful quote that we're going to start reading for you. Michelle, why don't you? I will begin. Um... Here it is. This is from author Ruth Haley Barton, and this is what she said. The incarnation itself, Christ's choice to take on flesh and inhabit a human body, forever elevates the experience of being in a body to new heights of spiritual significance. Jesus, the supremely spiritual being who has existed for all eternity, far beyond the physical material world as we know it, chose to take the journey into human flesh to become limited as we are by space and time and to become vulnerable as all bodies are. At the Last Supper, Jesus did not give his disciples something to read or think about when he was gone. He gave them something specific to do in their bodies that would remind them of how they were to be together based on how Jesus had been among them. The central sacrament of our faith that was instituted that same night, the ritual and substance around which all Christians gather, is bread and wine that commemorates Jesus' life and death in a body made of flesh and blood. And the metaphor for the presence of the living Christ here on earth, of all things, a body. Yeah, that's so amazing. Like we read that and we're just like, whoa, that's so true. That is so true that the one thing that we do and we're active in our faith, if we attend our the church meeting on Sunday, which we call the sacrament, which is so important because we are able to um, partake in this, in this reminder of Jesus Christ and of his sacrifice is of his body. When I tell my kids on Sunday, like, do you know why we partake of the water? It's to remember his blood. Do you know why we partake of the bread? It's to remember his body. It's those things that we're remembering who he was and the example he was. And we are striving to follow this perfect example. The one perfect example that we have on this earth is of Jesus Christ and his body. And the significance then too of the resurrection, that his spirit and body were reunited, that he has a tangible physical form just like we do, I think is paramount. And so being able to remember that um, in our takeaway of focusing on that union of the body and the spirit in our day-to-day lives, um, I think is probably one of the greatest blessings, also maybe one of the greatest challenges um, to actually adopt that habit, that um, capacity to be in our bodies. Uh, such a powerful 
experience such a powerful opportunity for each of us. And something that we can just really be aware of to start looking for evidence of those things, of ways that we really can fully connect our our uh, union of our body and spirit. Okay, so let's recap. For the mind, allow your relationship to evolve. And for the body, show up for your body every day. And for the purpose, focus on the union of body and spirit. Mm. I hope some of these takeaways have helped you shift a little bit in the way that you think about your body. Um, I know that the more that we've discussed these things and the more that I've practiced, um, it really has become a very powerful part of my life experience and I'm so grateful that I have the relationship I do with my body now. I really am so grateful for it. Even when I feel sick or when I have, you know, something that's not functioning the way I want it to, instead of fighting against it and being mad, I am able to access more compassion and kindness and focusing on the, the nourishment of it and it makes it such a more peaceful, beautiful way of experiencing my body. Yeah, that relationship is so much more meaningful mm -hmm. because the focus has changed and it's not always perfect, but I'm not sure what kind of relationships you have in your life, but none of the ones in my life are particularly perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. They're great and they're wonderful and I love to work hard and to focus on them, but that's kind of the same thing when it comes to our bodies. Okay, Michelle, yes. which one of these are you going to choose for your shout it out loud challenge where you say it out loud and kind of puts it in your brain to work on it this coming mm. week you know what not to toot my own horn but I feel like I actually do a pretty good job with a lot of these you totally toot it's your taken horn. me a lot of you should brag years. about it a little bit go ahead <laughs> it's taken me a lot of years <laughs> so I think that's something um, to be proud of I love that I love that you're thinking like you're doing pretty good on all of these yeah but I have to say that this has for sure not been the experience of my life for a lot of my life um, so I absolutely understand not having a great relationship with my body, but um, I feel like I, I do pretty good right now. So I really love the, I'm gonna go with the purpose of focusing on the union of body and spirit. I have felt the power of just all of that that we discussed, of being with my body and uh, more presently all the time. And I find it really powerful. So I'm gonna continue to practice that one. It's maybe um, the one that's standing out to me today. Okay, well, I love that one. I am going to go for the body takeaway. I had an experience recently where um, I'm kind of trying to nourish my body a lot better these days. And by a lot better, I mean, you know, like actually drink water for hydration instead of soda. And then, you know, not just rely on cookies to sustain the events <laughs> that, I, that I do every day. So um, I'm trying to do that and I was talking to a friend about it and I was like, I just, I don't have time. Like I don't have time to make this good meal. I don't have time to do this. And she uh, very kindly pointed out in a very honest manner, well, well, it's kind of obvious that it's not a priority for you. Oh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. And it kind of took me a second. I was kind of like, well, whatever. And then I was, I thought about it. I thought feeding my body food is not a priority for it, for me Hasn't in my been. life. Hasn't been a priority. Mm. And that needs to change. And so that's something that she was right. <laughs> as painful as that was to hear, <laughs> I was like, whatever. And as I went throughout my day and had forgotten to eat or to eat things that were sustainable or good for me, um, I realized that that was probably hitting the nail right on the head. So I am going after all of that explanation and vulnerability that I'm sharing with our entire <laughs> listeners of podcasts. I'm going to try to nourish my body a bit better. 
Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. We, again, we're not experts on everything, but we are doing our best to research and to cultivate our experiences along with um, experts and the things that they do know and wonderful things that we have, we hope, we hope will ignite something in you as well as it has in us and um, help. We are experts in sharing. That's true. We're here to share. It's true. We're not experts in a lot of things when it comes to your bodies, but we can share our experiences no matter how, you know, somewhat possibly embarrassing mine could be. <laughs> Hope you all have a great week. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Hey, thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode and invest in yourself. We truly believe confident, caring women like you are changing the world.